Hello, and welcome to SAP on Azure Talk. My name is Ravi Kashyap. And I'm Nathan Weaver. And Ravi, let's get down to some exciting topics. All this compute and all this stuff around Azure is kind of boring me lately. Why don't we jump into something that I think is extremely exciting and really goes to a lot of the messaging that we've talked about with the surrounding or the SAP surround. Ravi, what's the new term that we're hearing? The old surround is being called SAP Extend and Innovate now. Now all the fancy wordings that they're throwing around here. Yeah, I think it's great. And I do like that. I think Gardner did a big release on that kind of a topic. And I think Microsoft did really well in a lot of those relationships around the Extend and Innovate and you know, we've already talked to them about the low code, no code, and you know how I'm a huge fan of Azure Automate right now. Ravi, you have any favorites out of that whole extend and innovate kind of approach? I looked at the Gartner review thing too, Magic Quadrant, and it goes to show on our offering. If you look at some of our other competitors' offering versus Microsoft's offering, we have the most exhaustive offering. And like we were talking last time, my favorite is low code, no code, because I can't remember when was the last time I wrote any code. God, that's hilarious. I actually went to school under a software specialization, and I actually did program in ABAP. At one point, Ravi, you would have been so proud of me. I wrote all kinds of crazy ABAP programs to do this, that, and the other. But I do have to say, one of the things that I think is interesting that is gathering a lot of, I don't know what the right term is, a swell, a groundswell, and that's getting the data out of SAP and putting it into Synapse to be able to get access to the whole AI and ML model in that approach. And, you know, we've mentioned this before that nobody really likes BW or the, even the BW4, right? Do you agree with me, Ravi? Have you heard people just shouting up and down how they love that approach? <laughs> yeah, I know. Even the sidecar approach is kind of getting old news now. That's actually a great point, Ravi. The whole approach of the sidecar originally with the when especially when the appliances were so damn expensive was the access to real-time innovation, right? You know, you would use that for the operational reporting and still do the extraction out to be able to send it over to BW or BW4 HANA now to get the analytical reporting. So I'll tell you, what we're seeing though is a lot of customers struggling. And I know that we've got the Azure Data Factory that's kind of making some headway on that, but you know, there are third-party tools that are out there that I think have a little bit of a jumpstart in just the sheer amount of time that they've been telling this story. With that being said, on the show today, we've got Matt Hayes and Kevin Pardue from Click. And guys, I'd love it if you could kind of give us a little introduction about yourselves and then tell us a little bit about what is Click and, and maybe we can jump into some of your secret sauce. Hey, everyone. My name is Matt Hayes. So yeah, over here at Click, um, you know, it's been kind of a journey. Not a lot of people understand really what Click does. First of all, we don't know how to spell. <laughs> I love giving people my email address because it's spelled Q-L-I-K. I don't even know if that's phonetically accurate. Anyway, there's a history behind that name that goes back to its Swedish roots from 1980 or something like that. I read about it when I first came to Click, but I can't remember it. <laughs> I'm sure there's a Wikipedia page or something on the history of the name. People that have used Click before know it as an analytics company. Um, you know, their primary competitor would be Tableau. On the Microsoft side, obviously, Power BI functionality overlaps. So it's dashboarding, it's analytics, it's visualizing the data. That's really what they focused on uh, previously prior to acquiring our business. And little history there, 
the data integration part of Click's business, that's how I came over, was from an acquisition that they made back in May of 2019. And that acquisition was a company called Attunity. Kevin and I both were part of that Attunity organization. Uh, and we've now become part of QDI, which is Click Data Integration. And Click really splits into data integration and data analytics now. Uh, so we fall on the, the data integration side of it. My history prior to that, Attunity actually acquired my company. And Nathan, that's how you and I know each other. I had a business in the SAP space called Hayes Technology group, which uh, I started as a consulting firm back in 1998. And for the first three years, you know, people like to walk by my desk, wherever, whatever project I was working on and say, hey, Matt, where's the group? Because uh, the group hadn't <laughs> arrived yet. <laughs> hey, Matt, but let's be really clear too. What was the name of that product? So Gold Client was our product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Hayes Gold Client. Don't, yeah, don't a lot leave of people that part it- out. Yeah, a lot of people call it Hayes Gold Client. You know, when you brand around a company name and a product, people intermix it all the time. Plus, at the time when we named Gold Client, you know, it was kind of a placeholder. It was really the Gold Client process. Like, how do we build a non-production client without a system copy? So when we build a development or a QA client, we would call it, I don't know, a Gold Client. Like, it's it's just got gold data. It's got good data. Well, gold client was kind of a term that was relatively standard in the SAP space, which referred to your primary configuration client, your clean configuration client in development. So we had customers that had the concept of a gold client in their environment, even though they didn't have our product. So we kind of overlaid that terminology. And it actually was kind of interesting because we go to trade shows, we go to Sapphire and TechEd and people would look and they'd see gold client. And they'd go, oh, I've heard of that. Well, sometimes they hadn't heard of us. They had just heard of the process of a gold client. And uh, that little bit of confusion actually created some brand recognition and brand awareness for us that we- Come on, Matt. Everybody back then was doing ASAP methodology, right? And a lot of that ASAP methodology had that breakdown of those clients. So I'm right there with you. Everybody knows that. It was a fun run. I mean, you know, being a small company, taking down big customers and working with big, large SAP accounts, you know, being a small company of only 25 people was a lot of fun for sure. Yeah, in fact, I've used Gold Client. The customer that I was working with used to love Gold Client. And when I was basis administrator, I've used it to transfer data from production to non-production client. There you so go. Like, oh. <laughs> I love the to product, hear that. The product's still available. So we love to talk to your customers. <laughs> yes, for sure. <laughs> so wait a minute. Who was that voice? Kevin, why don't you say hi real quick? (laughs) Yeah, hi, everybody. This is Kevin Pardue. Uh, I also work at Click with Matt, and uh, my job here is I'm head of the Microsoft Alliance here at Click. And like Matt, I came through with the Attunity acquisition. So I've been fortunate enough to be working with Microsoft here in this capacity for over three years. But Attunity's relationship with Microsoft goes back 15 plus years, you know, well before the acquisition of Click. Gotcha. So now the overall company Click, working with Microsoft and in terms of data integration, specifically in SAP space, since we are an SAP podcast, what use cases or customer scenarios you have seen? You know, our SAP customers are looking at their analytics journey and, you know, they're looking at this going, okay, we've been doing BW forever. And Nathan, you mentioned that not every customer loves BW. So we're seeing a lot of those customers come to us. When they look at SAP and their journey there, they recall that, you know, two, three, four years ago at Sapphire, there was the big push towards Leonardo. Leonardo was, you know, IoT, ML, AI, everything. And that never really worked. So now you've got SAP Analytics Cloud. SAP is also doing Cloud Data Warehouse. There's been a lot of pivoting on the SAP side that's created some uncertainty among their customer base. A lot of their customers are looking at them going, you guys know where you're going with this because we got some needs here and we need to figure this out sooner than later. So you take that with the cloud adoption path of customers moving to the cloud or moving some workloads to the cloud. And now you've got companies going, wow, we've got 
there's other products out there that, you know, there's Synapse, there's Snowflake, there's Databricks, there's all these cloud-based data lakes and data warehouses that they could take advantage of that are really focused on an analytics vision. So I think a lot of SAP customers are looking at it going, okay, maybe we ditch BW and modernize our analytics architecture, or maybe we just leave BW doing what it's been doing and let's still modernize our data analytics architecture and see where that leads us. I think SAP's lack of a consistent vision over the past years is causing customers to you know, look at what else is available. How does Click fit into this data model analytics piece connecting with SAP and Azure? Yeah, so Click ties in really as an enabler. One of the keys to our business is being agnostic. And what that means is that we look at things from a data integration standpoint, we're agnostic on the source. We don't care if it's SAP data. We don't care if it's non-SAP data. We don't care if it's dynamics. We don't care what it is we can handle that data and we can handle the data well and deliver it to your target. Now the agnostic word comes in on the target as well. If you're looking at a data lake, if you're looking at a data warehouse, if you're looking at different products or different landing spots for your data, we can likely support almost every iteration of target that a customer can come up with. And then even when they're working with the data, once the data is prepared and they can work with it, we're agnostic there. We've got a horse in the race with ClickSense, but that's okay. If you use Power BI to dashboard your data, that's fine. Let me jump in with a quick question there, just because I want to provide a little bit of clarity here. You say that you're agnostic as far as the source goes, but we're talking about an SAP environment. Let's be really clear. SAP hasn't been exactly the most friendly of, I'm not going to use the word partners. It's not easy to get the data out of SAP, right? So you don't care about the source, but you know the model of the source. Like why click in the case of SAP? Like that's the secret sauce here in my mind. Otherwise, I could just pull it out however I want to pull it out. But you guys have some sauce, right? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, you know, the business that I run at SAP involves, I think we've got 20 or 25 SAP industry experts that focus on our product direction uh, and our messaging and pre-sales and everything. And that's all because handling SAP data is very, very complex. You know, the history of our resources here goes back. You guys have 10, 15, 20 years experience in SAP. So everybody understands how to deal with the pool table and cluster table. Everybody understands how those objects look different in the SAP data dictionary versus the actual database data dictionary. Uh, Customers running on a traditional relational database versus HANA. What are the challenges that HANA customers face different from those? There's even weird complexities where, you know, if you look at SE 11 on a database table in SAP, you see the structure of a table, but then you describe it at the database level and the data types are completely different. You know, everything's a VARCAR or an NVARCAR at the database. So if you try to deliver that to a data warehouse, users, particularly users that might not have used the SAP system, are going to look at it and say, this is, this is kind of weird. So we look at it and say, okay, we're going to promote those data types. We're going to make sure that, you know, a currency field or a numeric field or a, or a times or date field actually has that proper data type when it's created in the data warehouse target. We even go as far as to... Uh, take the metadata around the table and the field descriptions. So, I mean, unless you speak Japanese, you don't know what Buckers is, right? So B-U-K-R-S, the company could I know field, what Buckers you know, is. Come on. Yeah, now. we all speak a little German, right? Exactly. Um, but we give the customer the opportunity to create the table in the data warehouse with the column name. So it'll actually say company code instead of Buchers. So a non-SAP user that's modeling that data, and especially if they're connecting it with data from a non-SAP system, they can look at it and they can go, oh, okay, I can match this up. This makes sense. Yeah, Um, I mean, Matt, really, that's key. I mean, look, everybody starts with Mondant. Let's be really clear. Everything's a client, right? I'll tell you that at least in the demos that I've seen that you guys have put on and, and the customers that I know that are using your product, for me, 
it's that trail of how do you get the data out? I'm not even going to ask you about licensing concerns right now with SAP because that's a whole headache. I know that you guys have definitely worked on that topic to make sure you stay within compliance with these customers on how they're doing stuff. But that getting the data out, and I know you guys have, it, we're not talking about just HANA here too, right? I mean, you guys have some some secret sauce around Oracle and all these other uh, databases and you guys can get near real data. Talk to me a little bit about like, how does Click actually get the data? Are you trigger-based? Are you change data capture? Like, what do you guys do to get that data? So change data capture is a concept that's kind of new to SAP customers. Um, you know, people that traditionally rely on BW are used to some significant latency in the data for their reporting needs. So when, when it comes to real-time or near real-time, you really have to introduce the, the concept of change data capture. And that's actually why Attunity bought my company back in 2013, because they couldn't figure out the SAP stuff. They had the change data capture, they had the replicate technology built, working really well, but they didn't know how to handle all the specialties of SAP. So when they brought my company into it, we were able to port the IP from our Gold Client product and marry that together with the Replicate technology to say, okay, for customers running up SAP applications on top of Oracle or SQL or DB2 and now HANA, how do we handle getting that data and capturing real-time changes from that data? And you know what, what's come out of that is that there's a lot of concerns that SAP customers have that other customers don't. If you're running a custom app that's built on an Oracle database, you know you want to connect to the database. You want to have a live log-based change data capture from that Oracle database to get real-time data. Same thing with SAP, only it's so many more tables. And it has the complexities that we talked about before, pool and cluster tables, things like that. And then when you get to HANA, it, it's a whole nother layer of complexity because while we want to always do log-based change data capture, as does all of our customers want to do log-based change data capture, SAP writes to its logs very differently than Oracle SQL or DB2 does. So we had to re-architect a, initially a trigger-based change data capture for HANA. We've introduced a log-based change data capture, but it's problematic because of the design of HANA. So the ways to get changes are truly focused around change data capture. The preference is log-based CDC. With HANA, trigger-based CDC actually has its advantages. And then, you know, we, you talked about the licensing restrictions. So if customers have licensing restrictions around their database, we can leverage the extractors in SAP and pull the data through the application layer. It's slower, but it overcomes some real showstopper obstacles for some customers. When we talk real time, how much real time are we talking about? Oh my gosh, like I did a demo at an ASUG uh, meeting up in Toronto a couple of years ago when we first put this all together. And I had to, the demo was replicating sales order data and customer material data from an SAP database into Azure. And then we had a dashboard built on Azure. And I had to, you know, when I did the full load, it was really easy to show it all together. But then I went back and I made a change to a sales order. And I literally, I had to have my hand on the alt tab button so that as soon as I hit save on the SAP GUI, I had to quickly bounce over so that you could see the change come through replicate and quickly bounce over to the Synapse query and hit refresh for somebody to, to see it. So the whole process took three seconds, I think. So I had to be super fast at showing it because, you know, that's the magic of it. In a demo, if it's already there, if it's already happened, you lose some of the mystery of it. But if you could actually see, you know, the user hit save, replicate, say, ah, here's a change, pump it over to Synapse, and then you jump over to your dashboard, you refresh your dashboard and see the change reflected in your dashboard, three seconds for that. You know, if you're doing hundreds or thousands of changes a minute or a second, you know, it's going to be a little bit different, but that's what our users expect now. 
Hey, Matt, let me ask you one more thing. First off, Ravi, remind me when we um, get done with this podcast to send Matt our names podcast that we did early on because it is an azure or is it azure and uh we'll, we'll make sure we get that cleared up matt so we'll work through that i know I, I my whole thing is satya says azure so i'm going that way i'm yeah. just messing with you so another good thing matt look i love the whole concept getting the data out of sap has always been a pain right that is just it's just hard so i'm glad to hear you guys have solved some of that secret sauce right the other thing that i always get excited about when i'm hearing you guys present that I never realized existed because if you're pulling data out of SAP, you got to put it somewhere and you got to have the ability to understand what that model looks like so that when you build it out into whatever's going to receive it, it makes sense. I think you guys have done some stuff with some secret sauce in, in that too. Can you talk a little bit about that? You know, you, you said it right. If we can show all the magic of handling the SAP data with white gloves and we can deliver it to the target, you know, we still run the risk of a user going, okay, great. Now I have 400 SAP tables in my data warehouse. Now what? So I think assembling the data, preparing some data models, I think that's going to be advantageous for our customers. So what we've done is we've come up with an accelerator uh, solution. I said that the other way around. It should be solution accelerators. So we created these solution accelerators for SAP around common business problems that are business processes that almost every SAP customer has. Ordered cash, procure to pay, inventory management, and finance. Those are four key areas that almost every SAP customer uses. So what we did was we basically took a look at the models there. You know, we even took a look at the BW cubes and models. We broke them down and we reconstructed them in our composed solution. And by reconstructing them in our composed solution, we can build them around the data vault model. We can make the assumption that the you know, we make two key assumptions. One is that the customer is going to want to blend this SAP data with non-SAP data. And the second assumption is that the consumer or user of the data might not be an SAP user. So that helps us figure out what metadata to bring across and work into the model. So that's where the text elements come over, not just on the, the table naming, but also the configuration. You know, nobody wants to look at a dashboard that represents the company codes and their numeric values. So everybody wants to see text. So if we can bring the textual elements of the configuration over, we can give the user the ability to do that. So what we do is, you know, we, we call them accelerators for a reason, because every SAP customer customizes SAP to some extent, and usually it's more than less. So the solution accelerators is basically designed to say, hey, here you go. Here's a walking start, maybe a running start on how you can model the data. It focuses on our composed solutions so they learn how to use our solutions to do this. And then if they've got, you know, whether it's their team or if they have an implementer involved, those implementers are, are welcome to take those models and expand them, extend them, uh, add in custom tables, whatnot. You know, we don't want to replace what some of the system integrators are doing out there on these analytics projects, but we do want to give people a direction to go. Trying to make this real here, do you have a customer case study where you saw a challenge and how did you address it and what was the result? Yeah, you know, we've been doing a couple of case studies lately with some customers and I love those because I'm on the technology side, so I can envision what a customer would do, you know, but it all comes together when you actually hear what the customer's done and how that success was achieved and what the impact is. And, you know, sometimes that's really humbling because, you know, you're putting this all together and you know it makes sense and you know the technology is going to work and it's going to be a good fit. But it's not until the business applies it that you know really what the outcome is going to be. 
there's a customer in Europe that just said that they were able to forecast accuracy was their key to optimizing their supply chain. And they were doing their forecast accuracy based on the historical performance of the business and the gut instincts of the people that have been there for 30 years. I don't think that's too uncommon, but being in IT and technology for so long, you sometimes forget that that's sometimes how people do their planning. So when these guys were able to actually leverage the data, they were actually able to nail down, you know, using SAP's technologies and APO and the demand planning models, they were able to really narrow down their forecast models and then highly tweak their supply chain so much so that they were able to create better purchasing contracts so that they could buy raw materials at a lower cost. They were a food manufacturer, so they didn't have to worry about overbuying and having waste. They could finally transfer inventory between plants because they could see where one plant had a surplus and one plant had a shortage. So instead of one plant having scrap that they had to throw away and the other plant having to buy at a higher price, they were able to figure out how to do that. So when it was all said and done, I think they were able to optimize their supply chain by 17%. You know, that stuff's meaningful. That's where the rubber meets the road for sure. I'm excited about obviously the data and analytics piece, but and it's actually getting access to pull the data out to do magic with it, right? And I know that we've talked about that a little bit here, and I know we have so many customers that have gotten so excited about pushing this to Synapse to do that analytical stuff and having click there, I think, to get the data out and then for you guys to do the formulations and then even some of the visualizations on the other end or if the customer is using Power BI, like you said, there's you, you make that work. I just know it's exciting. You know what else is exciting, too, is I think when you build those dashboards, a lot of times companies build those dashboards around KPIs that they've always looked at, that they've always watched. And all they're doing is creating a video game to show them what they already know in some cases, where the business (laughs) is performing and they can say, look, it's working really well, or where the business is not performing and they can prove it finally. But I think the key to all this is looking for micro efficiencies. Where are there KPIs in the business that we're not looking at that we should be looking at? And to me, that's exciting because that's where the machine learning modeling can come into play. You know, you can have machine learning models looking at the data, calling things out, saying, uh, hey, guys, we're noticing that the cost of goods sold is increasing, you know, one tenth of one percent every month consistent over the past 18 months. You guys want to look at that? <laughs> we could provide alerting for that and somebody could take that alert and go, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, let's build a dashboard around that. Let's start tracking that. And, you know, you never know where that stuff's going to lead. And if you start finding those micro efficiencies, that can add up to a lot of cost savings for a business as well. Matt, another case study that we just uh, completed with Microsoft, too, is around a joint customer of ours called GreenTweet. And they're a small manufacturing account. What some of the outcomes that they've had is really outstanding, where they've been able to use our software to actually replicate data from more than 100 tables with over 771 million records of real-time data with low latency. And being able to do this, they've been able to you know, reduce their analytics costs and cutting them by 65 to 70%. But just having a streamlined flow of analytics in their data coming out of SAP to Azure Synapse. This particular customer is very public with how, they're, how we've helped their business. In fact, they're going to be presenting on an upcoming joint webinar we're having with Microsoft on October 20th. You know, I can't wait till we can actually get back to events that are in person. I don't know about you guys. I'm getting tired of the Sapphires and the TechEds and the Ignites and everything being on, you know, as much as I love sitting at home. My wife loves me and all, but I think she's ready for me to get out of the house. I'm just saying. 
Kevin, I'm glad you jumped in there. That's great to hear that in the case studies. And Ravi is really good about grabbing that. We'll put a link to that into the show notes. And look, I know we mentioned this, that Click and Microsoft have been partners for quite a while. Um, Matt, you mentioned that obviously you guys have a relationship back with SAP um, through the years. And I, there's always, obviously been a relationship between Microsoft and Click. Kevin, I think there's some stuff that's going on between Microsoft. Like we have some special offering or some incentives. What are we doing in that space? Is there something you can talk about? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're very excited about the offer that we launched last year and even more excited about some of the new things we're launching for Microsoft's new fiscal year of uh, FY22. So what we launched last year was a joint co-sell motion around getting the data out of SAP and delivering it to Synapse in real time and then also visualizing it with Power BI. The next phase into that is, you know, working with the Microsoft team is really identifying who the customers are that we can really help and, you know, providing a free half-day solution architecture workshop, which is where the Microsoft folks come in, the Click folks come in, and we really try to sit down with a customer, whether it be in person or virtual these days, and really understand what their short-term business goals are, what are their long-term business goals, current architectures, and kind of where do they want to go, right? What do they think their future architecture is, and, and how can we help them, you know, realize that architecture for their business and how they want to streamline their analytics? And then the next phase of that is to really put together this joint proof of value program that we've built with Microsoft. And this actually includes free software for the customer for the duration of the proof of value. So it includes free Synapse, you know, entitlements, free Power BI, you know, click data integration is going to be available for free to the customer during the duration of this proof of value. Where the rubber really meets the road is the realization of this software and the, the subject matter experts that we bring to bear, both from Microsoft and from Click, to help the customer realize what we've been talking about. Right. Let's see it in their environment. Let's see how their data comes out of SAP. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Did you say free? I said free. <laughs> now, all the marketing stuff aside, what I heard is the real value is the joint technical expertise, right? Microsoft's technical expertise and Click's technical expertise jointly delivering value to the customer. Exactly. Whether it's people from Matt's organization and Matt's team from the SAP background or the, the experts in our organization that know the, the Click and integration products really, really well. First off, Matt, Kevin, thank you so much for joining us today. As we kind of wrap here, we have all the, in the Jimmy Fallon motion of hashtag this, hashtag that. I think we probably have a lot of hashtags here that we talked about today because we really talked about getting the data out of SAP, having some middleware, if you will, to get it to something that it lands in that makes sense. In many cases, obviously, I'm a big proponent for that landing inside of Synapse because then it gets us a couple other hashtags of AI and ML, and then that leads to another hashtag of visualization and dashboards, right? So for me, that's a hell of a story, and it leads us to those hashtags that really get us to where we have the ability to make decisions that will impact and what, what was the proof of value, right? It's, it's not really the proof of concept anymore. It's the proof of value of, of what it makes sense. I know others talk about hashtag, maybe Azure support hashtag. I know LinkedIn does. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's Azure, right? When is it going to become Azure Click? I'm yeah, exactly. <laughs> Are you buying them yet? Yeah. No. <laughs> Power BI. Yeah, exactly. All right, guys, uh, thanks so much. Ravi, you have any parting thoughts? We know that customers have a lot of choice in SAP deployments, but when you look at Microsoft's SAP Extend and Innovate portfolio, there's only one platform that does all of that. Azure. 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 That's what we're building with Azure. Azure.